Welcome to Leader Growth. I'm David Skidmore. Thanks for joining us today. Leader Growth is designed to help individuals and organizations overcome challenges and experience transformation. And I'm really excited today because we're going to talk about how you as an organization can communicate in ways that truly affect change. I know that one of the things that's really important for you as a leader is to engage people with your communication and you want people when they come across your stuff, whether it's on Facebook, LinkedIn, or anywhere else, that they're going to know that this is a reliable source, that you're building trust, and that it's something that's going to increase your engagement in the future with them. And so when it comes to talking about that, one of the people that I often look to is Hannah Morris. And so thank you for joining us today, Hannah, on the Leader Growth Podcast. I'm really happy to be here. Thank you, David. Absolutely. So you've been working as a communications guru. I'm just going to call you a communications guru. You know what? I'll take it. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> Doing that for a while now. Yeah. So I've been with the company that I'm with right now yeah. for about four and a half years, actually five years as of July 17th. Yeah. So five years now, and uh, the name of our company is called More. We're a marketing and fundraising company. We can actually provide an omni-channel solution, a complete turnkey situation for any nonprofit. Mm. We work from coast to coast. We have an agency in Canada and a manufacturing company in China. So we're shy of 4,000 employees, and we love what we do. And what we do is we look at nonprofits and their missions. Their missions are purpose. And so that's the heart of where we're at and what we like to do. When you're working with leaders, a lot of leaders have a challenge of communicating well and connecting with others. When you're helping bring their message out, what are some of the things that you're often finding yourself guiding them in? Well, let let me back up a little bit and Mm -hmm. let you know about my role. So we have all of these business units across the U.S. What I do specifically is I do communications for more. So... We have our parent company, and I deal with our business units to help them along with everything that Moore is doing from a growth standpoint. So if we acquire a company or if we've done an RFP for a large client, we're about to onboard them. I allow our channels to go through me and then also just relay that information. So when I'm working with leaders, it's always through change or transition or something along the lines, right? So you think back of like the infamous who moved my cheese. Change is hard for folks. And so a lot of it is being completely authentic and very real and letting them know that maybe you don't also know the answers, Mm -hmm. but the assurance of knowing we're going to do this together, I think is really what brings people to the table and allows them to have the margin to sit there and feel comfortable being in the conversation and engaging. And I think more often than not, it's allowing that authenticity, that genuine vulnerability be seen and folks just jump right in. And I'm sure everyone's experienced this in their personal life at some point in time. This is no new news for anybody, Mm -hmm. but it's the same. It's don't overcomplicate it. Let them know that we're all working through change together. Allow people to know that they're being heard and just saying we're going to do it, you and me. You know, communication's been one of the big themes just in your career that has allowed you to impact in a lot of different areas. And that goes all the way back. I'm thinking about when you were at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah. And you ended up being in a pretty significant role on on the campus, which from the beginning entails a high level of communicating in a way that engages others. And so when you look back, like what have been some of the key things that have helped you as a communicator? You just mentioned vulnerability and the authenticity, but as well, like 
you're someone who likes to inspire others. And so how do you look at communication when you're really wanting to engage and inspire others? I think the primary thing to do is to break it down. Mm -hmm. When you're overcomplicating things or when you're using really technical language, it makes people back up a little bit. Yeah. I think that's part of the vulnerability and the authenticity of it is to just be really honest about what is happening and then also engaging people and letting them know what they can do to be part of the change or empowering them in an opportunity for them to be involved, I think is key, you know, having responsibility, having ownership of of what's going on. And Mm. so that lights me up is to be able to allow people a window, if anything, per se, you're like rolling it up, you're moving the curtains back and you're saying, hey, you could be a part of this and you have an important role to play and you do. And then showing them that they do. And once you Mm. sort of get folks there, the most important thing to do is just to break the barriers from a language standpoint. Our mutual friend, Caleb McCoy, is known for saying words are important. Mm. And they are. They're very important. So whenever you're using maybe something complicated or nuanced that people may be unfamiliar with, it kind of makes people back up. Like Mm. if we're thinking of it visually. So to invite people is just to break down those barriers, break down the words, break down the circumstance and let them know, give them a big picture and say, ask them the question, what kind of role would you like to play here and Mm. invite them into the conversation? I think that's the primary thing is make it simple. Just make it simple and make it available. You're bilingual. I am, yes. How has being bilingual shifted and affected how you view communication? Well, I mean, jokes, all jokes in here. Sometimes you have to say yeah. things phonetically. You're like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think different languages have different words for concepts. And so knowing that people understand things in a different kind of way is really important because we mm-hmm. could be communicating in the same language like let's say English, but we may be saying different things. Yeah. So it's understanding that the way you say things also very important. I said primarily breaking mm-hmm. it down, making it simple. But secondly, the way that you present the information is just mm. key. You always want to let people know that you guys are shoulder to shoulder. You're understanding this is a team yeah. situation, no matter what it is, because that's just a fact. Everybody is intrinsically valuable eternally. And so- mm-hmm. When you come into it with that mindset, that's important. But I think understanding that when you're delivering a message, different words may have different meanings for people. So some words, especially culturally speaking, can be very charged with emotion for different kinds of people, just different experiences that they may have had. So you want to look at how can I present this in the most neutral kind of way, or at least in the way that you have to understand your audience, right? In the way Mm -hmm. that the person I'm trying to communicate with or the group I'm trying to communicate with will perceive it well. And that takes a little bit of work because it takes understanding your audience. And when you take that extra step before you engage, it mm-hmm. makes all the difference. It makes all the difference. And people will warm up to you before you know it. And I think that's really important because you want to let people know again that you're partners. Your partners, which allows you to do something together. You mentioned something just a few minutes ago, and that is identifying that people can join you in the experience. I think that some nonprofits that I've worked with in the past had missed that. And I've seen a few who do it so well and that they're highlighting and championing those who are joining in with them. And so how do you 
help make the story bigger than yourself as an organization when you are communicating and telling the stories of the good things that are happening. This might sound backwards. The mm. best way to tell the big story is to tell the most small personal story. And that's how really you capture the big idea. You capture the big idea by telling the intimate individual story. So if you really want to connect big, you start small. You go really small. You go really small. Like you specifically make a difference in XYZ and here is your visual for it. And there's nothing more impactful than that one-to-one connection of a name, a face, a smile. Moore owns a company called the Neuro Fundraising Lab, only company in the fundraising and marketing space to our capacity that has one of those. And what we do is we hook people up and we track their six galvanic responses when they see a piece of copy. So whether they're seeing a commercial, they're seeing a piece of mail, whatever it is, because we notice that when we put people in groups, you get group think, right? Yep. Or you want to have some kind of affirmation or confirmation with the folks that you're in. But whenever we actually track your eyesight or see when your heart rate goes up or see when your sweat glands start to activate, we know that you're having some kind of physical response to what you're reading, what you're seeing, what you're experiencing. So one of the great things that we've noticed is when we present smiling faces, everybody connects immediately because that's Mm -hmm. the one-to-one experience that you want to have. Numbers and statistics are very challenging for people. There's nothing more powerful than that emotional empathy, sympathy type of perspective that you're giving folks. So when you're telling the big story, you actually want to tell the personal story. And that's really where you can captivate folks. Once you basically, when somebody opens a piece of mail or they're seeing some type of response online, you have a two second window to capture their attention. Two seconds when they get a piece of mail, then they open it. Once you've got them halfway through the page, you've got them for the whole thing. So mm. it's there is a science to it, but it goes back to how do I make this the most personable copy or content? And so that's really where you start. I don't know if that answered your question, but that's where I ended up. <laughs> I think so. So let's dive into this a little bit deeper. I remember hearing Science Mike a few years ago. He said that your brain is always trying to do two things. One, it's trying to not burn calories. And two, it's trying to that. survive. <laughs> yeah, sure. And so when you're thinking about something more, when you're paying more attention to something and it's taking, your body actually begins to burn calories. And the disadvantage that that puts you as a communicator with with your audience is if you're making them work hard. I'll lose them. They're going to disconnect, right? Right. Okay. So you're talking about communication in a way that can engage people. Right. You're talking about bringing people in. You're talking about bringing them on a storyline. Now, communication has shifted a lot over the past uh, just the past decade, you know, social media and everything else and our attention spans with it. And so when right. you're talking about copy, how do you approach copy at this point in time when you're maybe sending an email newsletter? So this is a really great and important question. It's a lot of what we talk about at more because we provide an omni-channel solution. So when we're working with nonprofits, say, for example, Shriners Hospitals for Children or that, they actually rebranded and now they're called Shriners Children. Or you get the American Legion or, let's mm-hmm. say, National Geographic, all clients of ours. Yeah. And when you are 
giving your story on different platforms, you're engaging in a different kind of way. You can't use the same tactics, the same copy on different things. What you're doing in direct mail is not what you're doing on a PSA. It's not what you're doing on Facebook. And it's definitely not what you're going to do on other platforms. So the important thing is this, own the platform that you're on, respect it and follow like the rules of engagement. Because Mm -hmm. when your audience is on that platform, they've already come onto the platform expecting a certain kind of engagement. I know that whenever I'm looking at the mail or if I'm watching an ad Mm -hmm. on YouTube, I'm going to be expecting a different experience. So you already have a pre-programmed audience once they come into the space. So you want to be able to talk to them in the way that they're expecting to be Mm -hmm. spoken to. So that's primary is... Obviously, you're knowing your audience. You also want to know your platform and then the content. The way that you're going to say something on sure. Twitter isn't how you're going to say it on LinkedIn, especially most recently, because if you really want to nerd out from a marketing perspective, LinkedIn itself has now changed their algorithm again. The way that you're posting content on there is different. There was a time when they were actually promoting food pictures. <laughs> so <laughs> we were posting a lot of pictures of people eating in the break room yeah. or there's a video that I posted. It was like a really well-known commercial infomercial of uh, baking or cooking or something. And it was like, set it and forget it. And it was on repeat. Mm-hmm. It was just basically putting like rotisserie chicken in. But we used them. We thought, how can we be creative about knowing what the platform is promoting mm-hmm. and then leveraging it for the story we're trying to tell and then understanding which platform we're using for it to tell that story. This sounds very complicated, but actually it really comes down to the most easy question, which is who is my audience? So what are they expecting Mm -hmm. when they're here? And how do I break this down to be as simple as possible to engage people to walk with me on a story? And then how do I tell the most personal story, which is what's important to you? In the most micro sense, you know, and that tells yeah. the big picture. I remember Dr. Nathan Meller a few years ago, he said, a good communicator says, what's my message? A great communicator says, who is my audience? One of the things that you're highlighting, though, is the importance of understanding your platform, because your platform is also going to sometimes dictate your audience. Absolutely. But there's also creating an expectation in that. Yes. But I will say this. It doesn't matter what platform you're on. People will always respond to authenticity. Mm. People will always respond to vulnerability. Some of the highest engaging content, even on LinkedIn, are personal stories of people posting pictures of like, this was me saying goodbye to my child Mm -hmm. today. I have to travel for work for the next two weeks. And this is what it's like to work here. And everyone's going to flock to that because it doesn't matter what platform you're on. Mm -hmm. Humans are going to be humans anywhere they show up. So as a communications expert, like you're looking at all of this, do you feel like so much communication in the business space is success driven that we've lost the human element? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think people, I know that a lot of corporations are trying to change that. They're Mm -hmm. trying to appeal to an audience in a way that's going to make their brand, their Mm -hmm. product successful. And I think people can pick up on that pretty quick and it often ends up backfiring. So even as a brand, I think the most challenging part of doing that is letting go of set practices and Mm. being willing to try something new. And it feels very risky. I know it's something that we've been evolving in at more, but it's also saying, hey, what we've always done isn't working up to now. And folks know whenever they read copy, you're trying to sell me something. So it's really important to... 
just be really real and be really genuine and be willing to ask the question to your staff, your team members, or even like a portion of your audience and say, hey, what would really appeal to you? This is what we're trying to do. I think that's a challenge. Yes, there has been an aspect of that human experience loss. I think we're slowly moving towards that again because that's Mm. really what people are responding to. I grew up with... Dad, who taught communications on the college campus. Oh, and great. So, oh, <laughs> one of the things he would often say, well, he wasn't doing anything on LinkedIn and Facebook and any of that. Okay. But at that time, one of the things he would often say is, you cannot not communicate. No matter what, you're always communicating something. You choose what you want to communicate. Okay. So let's talk about this from an individual side and from a business side. We're going to talk about vulnerability. Okay. Vulnerability is huge in our culture today. Is there a place where vulnerability can be manipulative? And the reason I'm asking that is mm-hmm. because it can be really emotional. Yeah. And people can share things that are, you know, maybe very personal. Sure. But it's not always it's not always true. Okay. Yeah. So shoot me your question again. Can vulnerability, if it's done too often, if it's, I don't even want to say abused, can it end up disconnecting your audience? So I think that goes back to the comment I made earlier. And it doesn't just have to be a brand or a business doing this. You can have individual folks doing this as well. I think that If you have a cadence of this kind of content or communication or copy, you're going to lose an audience and you'll see it because people are picking Mm -hmm. up whenever someone is trying to leverage some form of pain or experience. And it's not to say that it's not real. I certainly don't want to discount anybody who is trying to be authentic or genuinely being authentic on a platform, but there are different ways to present what you're trying to say. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, when you're communicating something, you have an objective. So you either want something, you want to share something, X, Y, Z, you name it. There's the beginning, there's the content, and then there's the expected end. So all of these platforms are a means Mm -hmm. to where we're trying to get to. And so the expectation is we're going to be able to do this together. I'm trying to be as honest as possible. Let's Mm -hmm. walk through it, you and me. But I do believe that there have been many times where people have been misled or you actually see this a lot in politics. A lot of the content that you see around politics, no matter what platform you see it on, they're trying to leverage some form of emotion to get you to act. And a lot of people have been felt like this is disingenuous, have been whatever the case might be, whatever feeling of rejection that they might have. And then they have moved away from the ask or the end that whatever the question is. Yeah, I think that this can be used and abused to a large degree, but you're going to see the results of that eventually at some point. And people who are responding may only be responding also for the same reasons, right? Some people may be jumping on the bandwagon because then they want to get attribution for Mm -hmm. whatever success this content is having passed on to them so that they can then insert whatever message or whatever movement they're trying to have. 
I appreciate what you're saying there. Because when I think about vulnerability, I think a lot of times we talk about sadness. But one of the things that can be really vulnerable today is joy. Vulnerability, because vulnerability is authenticity where the walls are coming down and you're seeing someone as they are. In fact, for someone to be vulnerable essentially means that they're taking the defenses out. And so today, sometimes people will look at you a little bit weird if you're too joyful. Yeah. It could be very vulnerable. Because it's unusual. It can be (laughs) unusual. It can feel like, oh, that that doesn't quite fit. And I think what I want to do from there is come back to this question of how do you keep communication within an organization? How do you keep it human? Because that's the tension We do understand that there's copy. We do understand that copy is leading to an intended outcome. But brands are, the best brands are very human. And so how do you keep that communication human as you go along? I think that, and I'm no expert. This is just my two cents. I'm sorry. You said I was a guru, so I take it back. I'm a guru. And these are my two cents. (laughs) But my experience has been this. Mm -hmm. People are going to engage with you if you're being vulnerable, but they're going to stay with you because you're offering something they need. There it is. So if you're always telling stories about this or that, that's fantastic. You're going to keep your audience captivated for an amount of time. But if you're not actually, if you're just all tomatoes and lettuce and one bun, people are going to look at what is the, like, where is the center? What's the piece? Right. So far, you just have vegetables. Unless you're a vegetarian, (laughs) but you're looking for something weighty, something that's Mm -hmm. going to keep you there. So just because you capture somebody's attention, it's very much, you know, if we want to use it like an idea, like, let's say dating, let's use dating as an example. Mm -hmm. You can capture somebody's attention. For one or two or three times if you're really great with the lines. But there's going to come a point where people are going to say, I need something more. I'm looking for something else from this relationship. And every platform that you're using, whether it's email, a text communication, a piece of mail, a DRTV spot, anything that you're presenting, when your audience comes back to you, they're going to be looking for something else because everything is a relationship. So they're going to say, if we're going to stay in this relationship, if we're going to move together, I'm going to be looking for something more. Like when we present our TV spots, a lot mm-hmm. of what we do is we will put numbers in the back yeah. of the commercial and we'll ask like $19 a month can do mm-hmm. X, Y, Z. But we have primed you throughout the entire commercial with a different number. So then mm-hmm. when you get to the giving part, you're saying, oh. Maybe I should give $30 a month. I don't know why I feel that way. And it's because we've put 29s all Mm -hmm. over in the background of everything. I use that as a way to say there are ways that people are moving you to Mm -hmm. think different ways. But at the end of the day, if if you give a gift and then now you've engaged this organization, you're only going to stay if you actually end up having a relationship. So there's a huge, huge emphasis on retention. Mm -hmm. Retention isn't just for nonprofits. You're talking the same for business units, for Mm -hmm. companies. And you're saying the same in relationships, whether it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, or whatever other kind of working relationship that you might have. So at the end of the day, communication exists because you're in a relationship. And so you have to take into consideration what's going to keep people coming back. And again, like I mentioned earlier in the conversation, I think people will pick up when your authenticity doesn't feel so authentic. Which is why true vulnerability, as you've already stated, true vulnerability is important. 
And also having something that's consistent, having something that actually I know what I'm getting out of this. Right. This is a point of reference for me for this. Yeah. Well, let's say that I'm listening in today and I say, okay, Hannah, that sounds great. Here's the thing. We don't have 10 channels of communication currently. In fact, we're having a hard time communicating the very essence of who we are. Sometimes we get started and we stop. Sometimes we try to do something really vulnerable and then we get a little too focused on on that side. Sometimes we focus just too much on probably our product offering and people seem to just dismiss us. How can we begin to build a good cadence of communication? Sure. I think the number one thing to do is to be good, be kind to yourself. Because in the same way that a lot of the times when we talk to our partners, our nonprofits, a lot of what we say is this is a donor journey. We want to take Mm -hmm. our donors on a journey. It's a donor journey. It's a client journey. It's a customer journey for them. It's also a journey for you. Mm -hmm. So be gracious to yourself. Be kind to yourself. You're also growing. You're also leading. And I think that's just some advice for me as well. So as soon as you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I know it's a lot. (laughs) I just have to be kind to myself. Yeah. Because we have to test and learn. And we do a lot of A-B testing in marketing. We're going to test this email. We're going to test this email. We're going to see what has the best response. And I think giving yourself the grace of testing different methods as you learn your platform as you learn what words you're using, how you're going to present them, and most importantly, who you're talking to, you're going to have to test different means, different ways. And it's also a journey for yourself as you're doing that. So I think the most important thing is to always remember that you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. and sometimes you have to pause, reconsider, redirect. In the end, as you move forward, it's the test and learn portion of that and knowing that you're going to have to walk through a couple bumps before you figure out what the best thing is for you. Because even within industry-specific communication, Mm -hmm. it changes. So let's say the construction industry, different pockets have different ways of saying Mm -hmm. certain things. At least that's the way it is for marketing. Marketing is a huge world. Advertising is a huge world. But when you're talking specifically for nonprofit marketing, you're going to be having different kinds of communication than you would say for a Coca-Cola or a BMW. Yeah. If teams and leaders could slow down, like you just said, and be kind to themselves, because we're always giving what's inside of us. You can't give what you don't have, but the other side of that is you can only give what you do have. If you want to be an organization that connects with other people well, It starts on the inside, uh, not just of the organization at large, but of the leader's heart so that you can communicate something that's authentic and true and truly benefits others. And I know that's what's really important to you as a leader is that you're doing this because you want to communicate to others in a way that's going to help them, that's going to impact them, that's going to influence change. So, Hannah, thank you for stopping in today, pouring into the Leader Growth community. It's always an honor to sit down with you, and I really appreciate your time. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure. I appreciate it. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today on the Leader Growth Podcast. Once again, I'm David Skidmore. 
Leader Growth is designed to help you overcome challenges and experience transformation. And for some of you, you're feeling fatigue, you're feeling burnout, you're feeling weary from the past couple of years. And that's why we created Modern Leadership. Modern Leadership exists to help you overcome some of those day-to-day challenges and look forward as we continue to step into things like the digital transformation and learn as a leader how you can lead in issues like DE and I. We're going to give you everything that we've got in the process to help you grow as a leader. To find out more about that, go to leadergrowth.us. I'm looking forward to being back here with you again next week. Until then, love hard, live full, and lead strong. This is our declaration. We are locked in. All in and full out. We are the roar. You think you can run with us? Let's go. I get lying in my blood. You were just a cub. I roll with the